0: Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod here in Cleveland with the newest member of the Cavaliers. He's got his Cavs, literally he's got his Cavs jersey on because you were just yep. taking pictures. Yep, just doing photos. Donovan Mitchell, do you keep looking at the jersey? And it's, going,
1: it's wild, man, to, to see how this all has just come about and, you know been a long summer (laughs) it's been a long summer and to be here in in cleveland with this group man it's it's something that i'm really excited about i know everybody's excited but i'm definitely excited to play with this group and to be in this uniform
0: let's start with just this morning and we're here on the day of your news conference and you flew in this morning Mm -hmm. and you get to the airport hangar and they've got like a i think oklahoma city started this a few years ago that's the first place i saw it they did it with i think paul george yeah. Carmelo Anthony. Yep. Yep. Is that, that was the my first that time my I've rookie year. That. that was
1: my rookie year. Yep. That was the first time. And like you wake like I went I woke up at six thirty this morning, you know, half sleepy on the flight. You wake up and like I said, they said oh, you got some fans coming. So I'm thinking like, you know, little meet and greets with like ten photos and you pull up and they're all in a hang airport hangar. Uh, packed, and it's just like, man, like what it, it was. That was special. Like that was something that I was just like, well, off off rip. You just feel the the love from the the fan base, the organization, and you know it's truly it's truly special.
0: You know, it's funny. Most players who are coming in for their first press conference, they really haven't met their teammates as a group. Mm-hmm. And by the time you came in and sat down and did it, not only had you worked out with those guys this yeah. morning here in the arena. Yep. You had been in Nashville with them last yeah. week. I, I can't remember another situation where somebody was already so may, maybe, I don't know if embedded is the word, but but like so in tune already mm-hmm. with his new team before he even sat down to do a news conference. Yeah.
1: Um, when I got traded, you know, we, we spoke to obviously Kobe, JB, everybody from the team. Uh, but, you know, JB had told me they were going to Nashville that next Monday or whatever it was, that Thursday or Friday, whatever it was. And um, I said, I'm there. You know, like you know, for for the whole summer, it was really you know who where is Donovan going? Who's he going to play for? Is he in Utah? Is he in New York? Is he Toronto? Wash whatever it may be. Um, and you know, typically in the August months, I like to work out with my teammates and kind of you know figure out like, all right, this is what last year. Which we can improve on this. So sitting those past, I would say two and a half weeks prior, I'm getting antsy. Like, all right. Like where are we going? What are we doing? And to hear that, I was like, "All right, like I know where I'm going. Let's get to work." Like you know, it wasn't a matter of like I was happy. You know, for sure, I was definitely happy to 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 be uh, to be traded to Cleveland. But you know, I was like, "All right, let's get to work." You know, we 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 got some work to do. We got some talented guys, and we can do some things.
0: Take me back, Donovan, to the 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 day of the trade, and you you were aware that New York and Utah had been. Having a lot of dialogue over that weekend before, yep, and they had closed the gap in talks. How much a were you able to monitor it, monitor it, maybe through your agent mm-hmm. Austin Brown, or how much did you even want to monitor it? Like, had you started to mentally put yourself in New York that it yep. felt it felt inevitable to all of us? Yeah. I thought on Monday morning <laughs> they were going to get a deal by the end of the day, yeah, and they didn't.
1: Honestly, the beginning of the summer. It was all – there was just so many – like, you heard everything. Toronto, Miami, Washington, New York, whatever. You heard Sacramento, whatever, all these different places. So, early in the summer, I was like, all right, I'm in, I'm healthy. I'm coming into the summer healthy. I'm going to focus on my body, f- enjoy my summer, and just relax. Um, and I really – I think I, I, I'm happy with myself on how I really took time to just focus on myself. And just allow it not really to kind of dictate my mood in my summer because if I had went through the media like you know every day would have been something different you know so for me um, we get to August and I would say that's probably the most I wouldn't say anxious but like I was I was anxious to figure out where I was going but you you always knew like okay New York had the uh, the picks the they had the most picks that that's what ultimately Utah had wanted um, and we got to that weekend. I went to sleep. Like, come Monday, like I'm on the team. Like, you know, that's that's where my mind was. Uh, that's what I was under the impression. I, I'm sure you you were as well, and a few others. But you know, ultimately, I always say God doesn't make mistakes. You know what I mean? And for me to be here in this situation with this group and this team, like you know, I'm here for a reason to help build something and, and create. And um, I'm I'm excited about it. I, I think this group is excited. But you know, I. I it's no secret. I definitely thought, you know, that that was that was where I was going. You know, I had I had put myself in that position and kind of started going about things differently. But you know, it didn't happen. And you know, I'm 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 excited and I'm I'm really happy to be where I'm at.
0: And Donovan, that that Monday night when they commit to the R.J. Barrett extension, mm-hmm. which kind of would change talks, they kind of have to start them over a little mm-hmm. bit. Did you mentally say to yourself, "Okay, maybe I'm gonna have to go to training camp in Utah"? <laughs> yeah. Um, I that's what I had
1: I had thought, you know. Um I, I gotta, you know, first of all give Will Hardy, you know, who's a guy that I'm close with, you know, I, I really like Will. He's gonna do a phenomenal job over there. Um, so I started we started speaking and it was just like all right, like we had always talked throughout this whole process. You know, I called him before he got the job, I called him after he got the job. We had always spoke just off the strength of our relationship before this whole thing happened. And um I just I was like, All right, like, you know, don't move the stuff out the house yet. Like you know, this might be you know we might be heading back and kind of figuring this thing out throughout camp.
0: When you found out about the Rudy Gobert trade, yeah, you and Will were together. We were right in <laughs> Connecticut. How did that go? It's it's
1: crazy. Like this, that's a detail people don't know. Like Will and I were talking about the season last season, what we can do to get better. Because like I said, after the season ended, I I told Danny and and Justin and all those guys, like, look. Don't trade Rudy, like you know. Despite what we don't trade him, like let's let's find things that we need to work on and build upon, and, and let's make this thing happen. And you know, I ended up trading him. So I went. I'm speaking with Will for about two hours, and we finally get to. We're start, We're actually it, we're talking about how Rudy and I can work, how we can. In that moment, we're talking about how we can work, like what ways, what he sees in our sets, and literally, like his phone and my phone start blowing up, like while we're in the backyard of my house. And I'm like, well, well, I guess this is irrelevant now. Like, you know, um, he's traded. Like that was that was crazy to me, how that just happened. And you know, but that was that was a crazy moment. That was what changed a lot for the summer because that my mentality was like, okay, we're going a different direction. Like, you know, we're we're not we're not trying to win right now because you know, there's no sl- no no doubt that Rudy's you know one of the best defenders to ever played this game and has his impact on our team. And you know, when we traded him, we, our goal was not to win right away. Especially when we traded for for a bunch of picks and there's no slight to Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt; those guys they're great players uh, but we weren't in a position to win right now We just traded a all-star a potential Hall of Fame Center and we really didn't I didn't see what the plan was so um, but yeah we were will and I were were, were together when that happened. It,
0: Danny Ainge said a couple of days ago that part of his decision ultimately and part of the organization's decision to rebuild and, and trade the group was that he saw a team that didn't believe in each other Yeah. when he got the season and then in the playoffs. Do you agree with him?
1: No, not at all. I mean, you know, that's his assumption after being around for six months. You know, it's easy to look at things from the outside in and get your own perception on stuff. But, you know, despite what the media reports, especially about me and Rudy, like, let's, let's be honest, you know, that's obviously what everybody talks about. You know, granted we had some differences, but, you know, at the end of the day, We were the number one pick-and-roll duo for a lot of last year. Like, we were very efficient together on the floor. Um, There was a lot of things that played into it, you know, that we just didn't have success, you know. Um, Yeah, we blew a 3-1 lead. You know, we lost 4-2 to the Clippers, and then last year was a disappointment. But I wouldn't say this group didn't believe each other um, in each other. I think, you know, like like, like I said, like we came into the offseason, like, you know, there were thoughts about people moving, but we didn't think it was going to be this. You know, we were like, how can we go back and build this? How can we work? Uh, and figure it out you know and obviously our time and our clock had run out but I wouldn't say that we didn't we didn't believe uh in each other I don't think that's fair after six months
0: when I you you were certainly upset when Quinn Snyder decided yeah. to to step away not knowing who the next coach would be that it would be somebody actually had a relationship yeah. in, and Will Hardy and I think you felt good about it when Quinn made that decision how did it impact your thinking about what this all might look like
1: yeah, um, Quinn was the guy that ultimately put the ball in my hand and kind of allowed me to grow, uh, to be who I am today. And I'm I'm forever thankful for him. Him and I still talk to this day. Um, but, you know, when he left, um, you know, there was talk- talks about it, you know, but I ultimately didn't think that was going to happen. And when he left, you know, when you have a guy like Quinn leaving a situation, it's like, okay, you know, like what's what's really going to happen? And, you know, I had no clue. You know, I had no clue what next year looked like let alone five years which is what i had signed for four years what i signed for my contract i had no idea what that was gonna look like Who was gonna be you know um and i think for me you know losing a guy like quinn as our as the leader as as our as our coach like that was that was big for me just not knowing what to expect next and how to go how to go about it you know and into and, and training camp and, and whatnot and you know that was that was tough but i always loved quinn i appreciate quinn You know, Quinn's going to get another job wherever. He's going to do an amazing job. Um, But, you know, ultimately he needed a break, and I understand that more than anything else. You need to put yourself over everything else and your mental space and your happiness. And, you know, I I told him that, and, you know, I'm very appreciative of him.
0: One last thing on Utah, Donovan. Mm -hmm. When you look back at the totality of the run and you get drafted right when Gordon Hayward left in free agency Mm -hmm. and there was a little bit of a broken heart there and then people all of a sudden see Mm -hmm. you in summer league and like, hey, whoa, we've got something here, Mm -hmm. the back end of the lottery. And then you had this tremendous rookie year and kind of reinvigorated the organization. From that time until getting eliminated in the playoffs this year, you look back and say, hey, there's one or two things I regret or not necessarily individually, but collectively. When you say, I learned this and this from that experience that I think I can take with me that that maybe I would have done differently, maybe we should have done differently. How do you look at the whole time there?
1: Well, first off, I'm forever grateful for getting an opportunity. Um, I wouldn't call it a regret, but the first thing that sticks out in my mind is that eight-second call in game one of the playoffs where I had 57 against Denver. Um, that, for me personally, to this day, changed. And my people may not know what I'm talking about, but I know you do. And we end up losing game one. Um in the bubble. In the bubble. That I mean, not to say we we go ahead and win a championship, but that we came back the next year and responded the right way, but that for me was huge when we lost. Like, you know, we lost yeah, we blew a three one lead, but that for me was like if I don't take my sweet time walking the ball up the floor and we we win that game, like what does that look like? What does the next season look? What does the next season like? There's always those if, ands, and buts you can play. But that's the first one for me that stands out because, you know I I can say that I feel like it cost us, you know, the series, but no one else will tell me that like no one else will say that. No, no, there's other things that happen for sure, but that one for me eats at me because it's like, man, what does that look like? And this is without Boyan, Bogdanovich, our yeah, second primary injured. scorer who got injured before yeah. that, you know, so what does that look like? You know, because obviously narratives play a whole thing into this too. Let's not let's not you know, it's not lie. Like, what does that look like? You know, what does that look I can sit here for days and tell you ifs, ands, and buts, but that's the biggest one
0: I would say for me. From the outside, and it's funny you bring up that point in the bubble, it felt to me like there was a turning point for your group and your core in the organization, the end of the playoffs in the bubble and then forward. Mm-hmm. Did it feel like that was a mark where just th- – there was the Rudy stuff mm-hmm. – The beginning of COVID and that stuff, which I think, you guys were going to be able to play together, and you showed you'd play together. But just you mentioned that loss, and just it felt different after the bubble for you and that team. Did it? It did to me. Did it do for you?
1: I honestly don't think it was that. I think the Clippers' loss was what really changed things for us as a group. You know, not I wouldn't say not belief. I just think for us, like. There was so – we had never really been talked about. Well, was like for three years. Like for three years of my career, there was no noise about Utah. It was kind of like we snuck up on people my rookie year. My second year, we got eliminated in the first round. Our third year, we were – it was really just like me and Jamal going back and forth, but we ultimately lose. Um, and mm-hmm. then that year with the number one seed, that was probably the most like talked about group, the most expectation that we had for real. And then we lose that. And I think that the way we lost and how we lost and, you know, the five out and that's like the, you know, can Rudy play like all that stuff the narrative. And then you get to next year where Don leaving, like like there's so much stuff that happened that, you know, it was just like a lot, you know. And I think that for me, I think the Clippers series was was really what changed things. But I think ultimately we came in ready to go. Like we started the season on 15 and two, I think 15 and three. Like we came in ready to go. Um, I don't think as a group our attitudes toward each other change. I don't think, you know, like I said, we came in more efficient, you know, as, as a team. Statistically, like for me, I had my, my, my best season, you know, last year. And it was just a lot of different things. But you can't, I, I can't say that. The bubble was, was it. I think just the way we lost. I think how our game plan adjustments and stuff like that and the stuff that we didn't do as far as, as a group, as far as players, I, I think that's ultimately what lost us the game. But I don't think – I could tell you right now I believe in Mike Conley. I believe in Boyan. I believe in Rudy. I believe in JC. like I, I could sit here and tell you that right now, but, you know, it ultimately didn't work you know sometimes that just happens it just doesn't work it doesn't work out like everything happens for a reason like you know i get that eight second call for a reason to help build something i don't know like what the future holds but you know i, I can sit here and say that you know i gave it my all i and i can say everybody in the locker room gave it a hundred percent of their all and fighting every day um there were ups and downs and you know, it didn't work, and, you know, I, I all my teammates that I've played, played with out there, I, I wish them nothing but the best. I appreciate all of them. I'm thankful for all of them, but, you know, now that I'm here in, in Cleveland, I'm
0: ready to go and get a, a new beginning and, you know, a
1: jump start and, and, and really get going.
0: Listen, you when you play in the NBA, you know who's on all the team. I mean, you know, but when you get a call that says you're going to Cleveland, mm-hmm. like, do you immediately – think right through the roster do you pull out your phone and go wait a minute do i know who that whole like when you're and then because i know you started to get excited about had you spent five minutes thinking about the Cavs
1: before that before that i think you knew there there was I a had, conversation but there, was, there were yeah, a lot of teams were calling there was about that you. week i don't know if you remember there was that week where they said cleveland was like in in it and then they were out on friday out so that week i was like okay but the only thing that for me was who is who are we as cleveland giving up like, it wasn't, because I can look at a roster and say, like, that'd be great, that'd be great, but after seeing what Rudy got traded for, I'm like, okay, is Darius going to be here? Is Jarrett going to be as big as Evan? Like, who, who, who is here? You know, and then when I got traded, that was my initial thought. I told him, Austin, like, for who? He's like, I don't know, and I'm like, all right, like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for who? And then he tells me everybody is here, and I'm like, 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 here we go. Like, you know, we can we can really build something and do something. And that's where that excitement and joy came about. And obviously the running around and screaming and whatnot. But that for me was once I found out the group that I'd be playing with, the guys, because like, we've played against them. I, I've known Darius, um, Ev, and all J.A., Karis, K-Love. Like, you know, it's it's and obviously Ricky and Ricky. Raul. Have played, we've played together since my rookie year. So, like, I'm like, okay, like, this can be a lot of fun and it can definitely lead to winning as well.
0: You've been through the rigors of the postseason and what it is hard to break through with a team. And you've been through it more than, you know, Kevin Love is a veteran, but, mm-hmm. but this core young team, mm-hmm. you've been through some things they're about to go through, mm-hmm. but you're not old. You're no. 26. You were in the playoffs on the day you got in the NBA. Does it feel like, as you've gotten to know these guys, there's an interesting dimension you bring, beyond what you bring on the court, but... Like there's pain mm-hmm. to try to and, and you look at the East and you know who you've gotta go through here mm-hmm. and jump over. There's
1: Yeah, this like, isn't the this isn't a cakewalk, you know. This isn't like thank you. This isn't like a uh like oh, like I'm here like it's it's it, we're in June. Like that's not the case. You know, you got the Boston Celtics led by J T and J B. You know, they are you know Eastern Conference champions, finals appearance. They you got the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis MVP, Middleton, Drew Holiday, you got Brooklyn, you got Philly, you got Miami. Like you got Atlanta, like you got like Toronto, you got you got so many groups and, and teams that can really, you know, do something, you know, and have shown that. You know, we're a group that hasn't hasn't we haven't done that as a group and you know, yeah, it's easy right now on September or whatever to put in say, like, we can really do something, but ultimately we gotta go take some names. Like we can't we can't, you know expect it to just happen you know and not to say that we will we got to go out there and put the work in and put the time in because those teams have been there you know you look at all the teams I just named they've been there they've done it uh, and we got to go out there and find a way you know and I think as a group we're excited about that opportunity to do that I'm excited to come in and show these guys just a little bit of what I know and you know I think when you have a group that's open to to trying to find new ways and being uncomfortable and finding ways to build on that way I think you know and it's, it may not all happen this year. It, it, it may, you know, but you got to be prepared for that end result that, that you may win, you may lose. But at the end of the day, you know in your heart that you put your 110% effort in and put the work in and continue to build. Because like I said, we're young and we got some time. So how can we find a way, you know, to, to do it? But also understanding that there's going to be expectation now. There's eyes, you know, there's eyes in Cleveland. You know, there's eyes on us and what we can do, but not allowing that to dictate what we've been, what we want to build and do.
0: It's fine. I mean, it was always part of your story. You know, you've told it a thousand times. You know that you were the kid at the Greenwich Boys and Girls Club <laughs> yeah. who goes to LeBron's to the decision. Yeah, which was always interesting, but I think it probably takes on a little different meaning now, right? That I mean, this is full yeah. circle now for the yeah, whole thing. It's
1: a hundred percent. You know, I think. I mean, I will say, I'm probably Cleveland fans are not going to like me for this, but. I did want him to go join D-Wade and Chris Bosh down there in Miami. I was excited about that. But I was a Cleveland fan. Like, I I had the jersey. I was watching the games and had the 23, had all that. And, you know, to be here in a situation, like, you talk about a full circle moment. Like, my email in high school was Cavs fan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you talk about a full circle moment. Like, you know, what better way than this? You know, like I said, God makes no mistakes. You know, like, I'm supposed to be here. With this group, with this team, in this city, fighting for a championship, and I can't wait to get to it. and And, and October fifth, our first preseason game, and I can't wait to to get
0: there and and get going. I'm only going to ask you about one championship prediction: the Mets. <laughs>
1: I love my boys, man. We just I will say this and I hope they hear me too. We we gotta put some wins together. We gotta do little things in nitty gritty. It's the dark days of September for us right now. We haven't we haven't been in this position in a while and you know, we're fighting and competing, but we got some winnable games. We just gotta go out there and and win them, but I, I of course I see us win the championship. You know, I, like I imagine
0: I you, there'll be some off days I'm, in the early schedule. I'm, you'll be jetting I'm back,
1: telling JB like, look, I, I please. You'll you know, be safe. Field, please let me let me get a few. But I will be at some Guardians games because I know they're okay. in first place by like three or four games. So, but I'm I'm if we get to October when excuse me when we get to October, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell JB you, like, hey, like. Just please like just one or two you know what i'm saying let me try and find a way to get there because you know i've it's been a while since i've been able to watch mets postseason baseball um the city needs it you know i need it for sure (laughs) so i can start talking to all the yankee fans that i know but you know we got a talented group man and i'm excited
0: oh and one last thing you you posed for the photo with brian windhurst right (laughs) you did the finger in the air yeah did you did you have do you have some sweatshirt or something i
1: have a sweatshirt i have t-shirt so i've been waiting all summer to like wear it you know what i mean and now i have the opportunity to wear it how did that come about i mean i saw it and um obviously we all saw it and what he said and i i thought it was like you know this it's it's funny like during this whole process i thought it was all hilarious you know the the memes the jokes the talks like you know i didn't say much but i i thought it was funny you know what i mean because at the end of the day like it's it's a good thing to be wanted, I guess, you know. I mean, it's, not, yeah. it's a blessing. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. But it's the it, alternative. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, I found this sweatshirt. I hit my guy. I was like, hey, can you make me a sweatshirt? And not only did he make one, he made, like, four boxes of it. So I've been giving it to my friends and whatnot and family, I said. But the deal is you can't wear it till I get traded. And so okay. now my friends and family have been wearing it nonstop, and I'll probably wear it a few times throughout the year. Um So. <laughs> I got to get Winnie one, too, though. I got to get him one.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Donovan, thank you for taking the time, and we'll, we'll see you. The season is coming fast. Yes, I appreciate it. Welcome back in to the Woj Pod. Here with Kobe Altman, the Cavaliers president of basketball operations. Uh, Kobe, take me back to that Tuesday morning after you were in New York. You were at the US Open, I believe, on a Monday night. And I think you see that the Knicks had signed or had committed to signing RJ Barrett and and maybe there was a pause in trade talks there. What happens on Tuesday morning? I know that's when you and Utah kind of reconnected on these Donovan Mitchell discussions. What happens on Tuesday morning when you pick up the phone?
2: Well, it's interesting. I, I, I called Justin Zanuck, my, my counterpart at Utah, and we have a great relationship, and we, we talk about other things other than just Donovan, and so I didn't lead with that. Um, I actually asked him about a few other things. We're on a couple boards together and, and in different committees, I should say, with the NBA, and sort of wanted to debrief on that and what we wanted to do tactically in those meetings, um, and when I finally got to the end of the call, I said, hey. Uh, what's going on, you know, because uh, we had um, in earnest kind of pulled out of the negotiations and and thought we just didn't have enough to get it home. And just say, hey, look, man, we're, we're still here. Obviously, you know us um, and we're we're available we're transactional. And if there's something that we can talk about, let's talk about it. And uh, I think he was appreciative and uh, obviously said, I'll, you know, I'll give you a call back. And if I give you a call back, this will be real. And it, it moved rather quickly from there.
0: It's a famous Al McGuire line. Um, the third thing someone brings up is the real reason they called you.
2: Well, I, you know, used, I used the line, uh, you know, you can use your get out of jail free card with us.
0: <laughs> Explain to somebody, I think it's interesting, why you would be in talks with a team and then say, hey, we're going to step away. What are the reasons that, let's say on that previous Friday where you say, we're going to walk away from this right now. Why don't you just hang in? Why would an organization do it?
2: I think. Um, look, there's a lot of transparency and trust um, with with again my counterpart at, at Utah, and I just I just thought at the end of the day um, we didn't have quite enough, uh, and I knew our, I thought that our trade package was super competitive. I thought we were giving up um, some incredible assets and players in the deal. Um, but you can get the sense uh, their, their eyes were set on, on potentially something else. You never know. Um, it could have it resulted in us not getting Donovan at the end of the day, so there's risk there in taking a step back. Uh, but I think with, with us, uh, the difference was, was this was never a desperation move. We were really excited about what we were returning uh, this year, and so it didn't have to happen for us. Obviously, we, w- we wanted it to happen, uh, that We knew this was going to be a franchise changing move and and something that uh, we were going to be super excited about if it were to happen, but we were okay taking a step back if it didn 't
0: the The deal you had talked about the previous week from the deal you did that you ultimately did was it really any different
2: I think it was very similar yeah. um, and I, you know, I have to go back to my notes, but um, i think I think we revisited the same exact deal
0: and I think you were like everybody else that well, if they were going to take this deal, well, I think your thought might've been on that front. if they haven't taken this deal yet, they're probably not going to take it. And there's something presumably with New York. And all of a sudden, when there's a pause in the Knicks conversation, I guess in your mind is, is there a window here for us to jump back in this? And, and you mentioned your relationship with Justin Zanuck. You've made a lot of deals. We can go through all the deals you guys have made through the years together and others that you've talked about probably that didn't come to fruition. But I also think this is where relationships do matter, that if he's going to tell you we are not going to leverage you again against New York because they never went back to New York for another counter. With another GM, you'd think, I don't know if that's true. He might leverage us. He might use us as a stocking horse. When Utah said to you, hey, if there's a deal we can get to, I think we can get to it. The history matters, right, with the people to be able to – Have the confidence to to keep going and know that the word's going to mean something
2: i I think absolutely Um, this this business is so so small um and you want to do repeat business obviously Uh, but i think it's twofold i think one i think they had a level of comfort with us i think we provide a value in that we're available and we can be transactional within within a, a moment's notice and and you know we can get ownership support and get get behind a deal rather quickly um, so there's value there. Um, look, I don't want to say that the relationship uh, gave us some kind of discount. Um, that, that that definitely didn't happen. Um, I felt like we gave up a ton of value and 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 some and some really really good young talent in that deal. So I think Utah did a really really good job. And at the end of the day, um, and I think they said it there at their press conference they took the best offer and um, you know the the best deals there's pain on both sides and and there's also joy on both sides and I think um, there was relief on both sides when we finally got it done.
0: When the trade happens and you call Donovan Mitchell uh, you know the way the protocol is the team trading him calls and said hey we we've made the trade and then there's a little passage of time I think to let the players settle in and you call you didn't know I mean Donovan's from New York and I think there might have been some expectation there that eventually he'd find his way there. And so you know he's trying to process this. What are you thinking when you make that call? Because you never quite know what you're going to get at the other end. I'm sure you've picked up the phone at times where people were less than enthusiastic. Sometimes they're in shock. Sometimes it's a place they didn't want to leave. You know, Other times, like they don't like the cold. Yeah. Right? I think
2: the first thing I wanted to do, um, and I tried to get it ahead of, of the Woj bomb that, uh, that sent ripples through the NBA world, uh, was get a hold of our guys. And, and, and I first got Darius Garland and told him, look, I think we're, th- th- we're going to get this home and uh, we're going to trade for Donovan Mitchell. And Darius was ecstatic and, and just super genuine in his excitement. I told him, keep it tight for now until I can talk to the various parties. But th- this is going to happen. So he was excited. Uh, Evan Mobley was in the gym working out and we got to him. Um, he was over the moon and excited about the, the addition. And I got to Jared Allen after the news broke. Um, and, and he was also uh, pretty excited as well. And so I had with me, uh, I'd also got uh, a, a monster text from Kevin Love, <laughs> F yeah text uh, with a lot of exclamation points from, from Kevin Love. So I, before I even got to the conversation with Donovan, I knew how excited the group was. And that was my message to him as soon as I, I, I picked the phone and spoke to him was just understand the excitement level of the, the guys you were going to play with, how much they are ready to welcome you in. Um, I also wanted to get his feelings on how he felt about the place and, and 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 where he was coming into. And from the start of the call to the end of the call, he couldn't express how excited he was to be a Cavalier. He knew about our players. Uh, he knew about the culture we were building. Uh, it's funny, he knew about our little mini-camp uh, in Nashville. And he said, what's going on down there? I said, well, Darius Garland's hosting, you know, it's his hometown and Darius is, uh, is hosting a, a lot of players. He said, say less, I'm there. I am there. And I said, you know what? <laughs> this is exciting. You know, we have a guy that's bought in from, from, from the first phone call.
0: The ability to add a player like Donovan Mitchell and have him excited to do it. If you had made this trade two years ago, it might've been a very different reaction from him. There's a you look at the growth and development and the decisions you've made to build the team you had and it allows you right to trade with the confidence that he's a player with three years left on his deal and that you're not going to be in a position where you're trading a bunch of assets, not knowing whether you can keep them because ultimately you sell winning, right? You sell the environment, but winning when you bring a player into a place that's ready to win and you're not asking someone of his stature to be the first one in, Feels like it makes all the difference in how this should go.
2: Absolutely. I think, look, a lot of groundwork was laid before we made a move like this. Um, And and it's always going to be risky when you're giving up that level of asset value, but you feel better about it because of that foundation that you've laid. Look, the group that we've had here did an incredible job. Um, They've captivated a city. They were incredibly fun to watch. Darius Garland's 22, Evan Mobley's 21, Jared Allen somehow is still 24 years old, right? (laughs) And they're under contract for a very long time, and they love it here that permeates not just this building, not just the city, but the entire NBA. And I think you heard Donovan talk about it today. He saw it from afar. He saw it when he came to play. He saw the camaraderie. He saw the culture growing. And I'll give J.B. Bickerstaff a ton of credit for creating those touch points. Even when we were going through some tough losing seasons, this was never a dark place to be. Uh, It was always a fun environment. It was about player development, player growth, creating great habits every day. And when we hit last year, it we exploded with all of those positive vibes, great habits, and and all stars uh, from that process. And listen, no, no one's smarter than NBA players. You know, no, no one's smarter than them in terms of their talent evaluation. And when Donovan heard of the trade and realized who he was keeping or who we were keeping in terms of who he's going to play with. I think he knew right away, wow, this is a special place we can, we can create and grow uh, something that was already building. But I think to your point, there was a lot of groundwork laid before making this kind of trade.
0: Kobe, when, when you have a player like Donovan Mitchell and you, know, you bring him into your environment, organically you, you want it to work. It's hard to force. And you mentioned when – I'm not sure every guy who's been a three-time All-Star – is going to go to Nashville to do the off-season workouts. There's a lot of excuses. Hey, let me get settled. Trade just happened. And it was literally he was on a plane there. That's one thing when a 20-year-old guy might go do that. But a 26-year-old all-star, you talk about the excitement of the other teammates. They see his willingness to come, come meet them, come be this. Hey, this isn't – I'm a part of this thing. That's, I can't imagine you, it can go better off of the jump than to have sort of guys welcome it that way.
2: And I'll say this: we, we obviously we do a ton of background in terms of of that, and I think a big part of my job is to not mess it up, right? You know, don't don't f this up. You have a great thing going. Um, you've had you know we we've had some incredible drafts, and you talk about you know Mike Ganzi who are our, our GM and Brandon Weems who's our assistant GM that you know do incredible jobs of talent talent evaluation. We had great talent in house, and we were growing something, and so. You know, don't, don't mess with that in a lot of ways. So Donovan had to fit a culture that we were already growing. And we knew about, we, we found out about who he was, what kind of teammate he was, his high intellect, what he stands for, and he's about winning. And I think what's interesting is when he says, when he talks about this group, I just want to add, I want to elevate, I want to contribute. Um, it's not him coming in as a savior. Um, it, it, a lot of pressure gets taken off of him, although obviously we want him to, to help us take us to next levels. Um, but yes, uh, to, to add a selfless, humble uh, star, if you will, um, it, it, it's, uh, it's it's tremendously exciting and it, it it doesn't upset what you're trying to build culturally um, that was really established last year.
0: Yeah, it was already an interesting sort of like Donovan Mitchell sidelight, which has been talked about you know, forever, you know, that he was a kid at the Greenwich Boys and Girls Club and LeBron did the decision, and it's a little bit of full circle it is. for that, for your rebuild and post, like, it's it's, it's a little more interesting
2: now. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, and, look, I, I, I'm from New York, and he's from New York. We have ties there, and, and, you know, he'll be able to get back to New York. He works out in Miami. Miami's a short flight away. Um, you know, I think the thing he's excited about is the basketball. And I think we can provide them with that great basketball experience here. And let's try to win some basketball games.
0: Thank you, Kobe. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Woj.
0: Welcome back in to the Woj pod here with Cavaliers coach, J.B. Bickerstaff uh, downtown here at the uh, team's arena in the aftermath of Donovan Mitchell's news conference. What was your first conversation with Donovan like right after the trade?
3: Uh, I think both of us were just trying to catch our bearings, (laughs) you you know, it's, you know, very rarely are you a part of a trade of that magnitude. Um, you know, as long as, you know, we've been around, you've had millions of conversations about trades that have never happened. Um, you know, we had just finished our coaches retreat (laughs) and had put our whole plan in place about what we wanted to do with the way we were, uh, you know, we were at that time. Um, But it was, you know, I think there was an excitement from both of us um, where we were trying to, you know, get to know each other. But it was hard to fight the emotion of the moment at the same time. So, um, you know, we both expressed how excited we were, um, you know, and it was an ice breaking conversation of, you know, us trying to, you know, just get a clear picture of who we both were as individuals and what our expectations were of one another. The trade happens on Thursday.
0: Your general manager, Kobe Altman, really re-engaged with Utah on Tuesday. At what point did Kobe come to you and say, hey, we might have something here?
3: Uh, I think it was around, it was Wednesday, um, you know, where we were sitting in the office. And, you know, I had texted him because I wanted to talk to him about something completely different. And he texted me back and said, "Yeah, I need to talk to you too." Uh, So I left my office and went into his office, and it was something that he said, you know, there's a chance uh, that we could get it done. Um, And then, you know, just trying to be patient uh, and and understanding, like where we were negotiating from and the position we were in. Like we were extremely excited about our team that we had moving forward uh, and what we were kind of creating. So it wasn't this desperation or panic move. But it was a move, obviously, that you make, um, you know, at the end of the day. So, um, you know, we were sitting around and, you know, your brain starts going crazy of all the things that you can possibly do. Like, you know, as lunatic coaches are, um, you know, you start doing all these dances in your mind. And it's like now you just got you got to calm yourself down because, you know, like these trades very rarely happen. So, um, you know, we waited patiently. Uh, and then give, you know, Kobe a ton of credit and a crew um, because they worked through it all and got it done uh, pretty quickly.
0: You know, you, you talked about the chemistry of this group and, you know, you saw the impact last year Ricky Rubio had and then the injury, you know, you trade him really as an expiring contract, you know, you add Karis Levert and then you come back and re-sign Ricky. You knew it was important to have Ricky back here for a lot of reasons, the impact he had in his group, but was it even until after the trade where you went wait a minute Ricky and Donovan there's this history and I think Donovan talked as much about Ricky Rubio in his opening news conference as anybody there is a whole another added level of value right of Ricky being here because of what he meant to Donovan and and the the uh, I think the the love Donovan has for playing with him like a lot of guys have right. for playing with Ricky
3: I think it was before even that happened when we did our research on Ricky uh, when we were looking to make the trade to get him here the thing that kept coming up was donovan mitchell devin booker anthony edwards all continued to talk about how impactful he had been in their development and their advancement in their career um, so that was a lot of the reason why we knew where we were and we knew the type of talent that we had and how he can make that talent better so we make that trade for him and then you know, we get to see it firsthand. Um, you know, he, there was a special magic, you know, to start the season with Ricky on the floor. Uh, and then, you know, again, you see how he impacts these guys, but then you remember, you know, how much those Donovan talked about playing with them and how much he taught them and how much he helped them improve. Um, but, you know, we knew we wanted to bring Ricky back, you know, regardless of that fact. So uh, because of the impact that he had. So it, it's going to be, you know, an added benefit, you um, and then, you know, the importance of Ricky, like, why well, he got a multi-year deal and it wasn't going to be a one-year thing. Like, we want Ricky around because of his ability to help those guys.
0: You talk about, JB, when Kobe mentions, hey, we might have something here with Donovan Mitchell. This, this could happen. And you start to think about what it might look like. Is there – because you've been through this. You've been a head coach long enough to know – a lot, of, most of the time when a GM comes to you, he says, hey, how do you think this guy might fit? We're talking 99 out of 100 of those lead to nothing. Um, do, do you have to temper when you're doing that? You're like, I oh, don't, like, don't get too excited. Don't get, like, is it's, you've been through it, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
3: and it was, I mean, this this case, I think, was interesting because, you know, we went through it. You know, we kind of stepped back from it. Mm-hmm. And then when kobe brought it to me again because of the conversation we had had in between then i knew it was more serious and it was closer um you know than not still not pushed across the line but i knew you know in in kobe's ability to manage those deals and you've seen you know how he's been able to create these trades and consummate these trades that at that point uh, when we got back involved in it, that it was, gonna, it was close uh, and there were some things that needed to be negotiated and worked out. But at that time, you know, I turned my thinking cap on and kind of let it go a little bit um, because I believed that it was going to be that close. JB, in this league, patience
0: is at a, uh, it's not always at a premium in organizations and ownership about letting a team do what you guys did, which was do a rebuild get your trajectory headed back up and to allow a group, to allow a front office to do it, to allow coaching staff to do it. And you said things change quickly in this league. And you think of when you took over for John Beeline as the new head coach, you weren't an interim. Um, The plan was always for you to succeed him, just maybe not, you know, four months into the season. But what has it meant to you to see a little bit how this organization has allowed all of these things to take shape. Not everybody saw this coming 18 months ago, even a year ago, that this is what this was going to look like, Eastern Conference contender with a group that has a chance to be a championship contender. If it stays together and it keeps growing the way it looks like, this talent dictates it's going to.
3: Uh, I think it's twofold. There's a credit to Kobe and the front office. for executing a plan to bring in the type of players and resources that things could happen as quickly as they did, um, because that's how you get your chance. You know, if we're not in this position with these types of players and the resources that we have, like we probably don't get a chance, and somebody else is in here trying to do, you know, the job or continue on what we started. So uh, I've got to give them a ton of credit for that. The second piece of that is, you know, we had an ownership group that didn't change when the players on the floor changed. Um, They had a commitment to championship, and that means more than just when you're winning, right? When we were in the process of, you know, rebuilding or improving, they didn't cut back resources, because you know they weren't going to see you know the playoff money or whatever it may have been like they continued to give and give and make this a first class organization um and that gave us the ability to sell guys you know what I mean on what this can be and to be able to you know convince Kevin to take a you know to go to the bench to convince Ricky Rubio to go to the bench because you can come to this place and see the resources that are here, and obviously that help expedite our improvement. JB, I
0: appreciate you taking time as always. I am told you are running solo at home this week. You've got kids <laughs> to pick up, so I will, I will let you do it. But uh, training camp will be here soon, man. It'll be good uh, Good to see you guys
3: back on the court. No, I appreciate it, and I'm always happy to be here.
2: And now, two pigeons bemoaning
3: the fact you can stream TV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the
0: channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on TV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds.
1: TV has the most MLB games. Call one
0: 800 TV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.